0: We're glad that you've joined us. We hope that you're doing well. My name is Ethan, and I work with the Venice Church of Christ. We're disciples making disciples in the west side of Los Angeles. And today we'd like to explore a question that might seem kind of strange. What is your church? Seems like an strange question. A lot of people would probably automatically add, answer with the congregation of people that they attend with if they have such a congregation at all. Or maybe some people might ask the question and answer the question. Well, wait—I don't really have a church. It's not my church, and people would think that, no, that their church should be the church. But I'd like to explore this question a little deeper and to go beyond the surface level of just the idea that our church is a congregation of God's people, and really explore the question because the real answer may not be that obvious. So what do we mean by asking this question of what is your church? Well, we're really trying to get at the question is, what what church are we talking about? When we talk about church, we're not talking about a building, we're not talking about some kind of organization, institution, some kind of man-made structure in some kind of denomination. In Ephesians five twenty three through 33 as Paul is describing the relationship between husband and wife, he's saying that this is consistent with and consonant with the relationship between Christ and the church. And throughout the New Testament, when the church is under discussion, they're talking about people. The church, the ecclesia, the assembly of the people of God, is people. A collection of people. And in the New Testament, God has explained to us exactly how these people are to work together. In Romans 12 and 1 Corinthians 12, Paul introduces the inter- image of the church as a body. And just as the human body has many different parts that work together and do their own independent function, and that the body is nourished and sustained and benefited by the parts and functioning of each heart, so it is in. The church, that the church ought to be a place where people are connected to one another, where they are sustained through those connections. They do their individual functions, but they also work with other parts. When other parts rejoice, they rejoice. When other parts are going through difficulty, they sympathize and go through that difficulty with them. So, what is your church? I really want to emphasize the idea there of your, because one of the meanings of this Greek word ecclesia that we've been talking about, the word that is church in the New Testament, is a group of people with a shared identity. And in that sense, especially in New Testament times where there were all sorts of assemblies for all sorts of different reasons, one's church may not have anything to do with religion. In fact, we like to suggest today that who are the people with whom you associate, Who knows you the best? Who do you rely on and trust in times that are good and bad? There is where you will find your church. Now, we had this conversation. We cannot assume our proof. The question is not, do you know that the church should be your church? We want to talk about what our church actually is. So, therefore, what is your church? One of the things that a lot of people forget about in life, but something that's quite true, is that we have a set of people with whom we associate, whether we want to admit that or not. There are very few people who are true loners in life. Everybody seems to have some circle of friends or associates with whom they interact. Deep down we know the truth of Genesis 2.18, that it is not good for man to be alone. That man, made in the image of God, who is one in relational unity, seeks relationships with other human beings. Mankind is quite social. When we look in scripture, you don't see a whole lot of true loners. Uh, Some of the prophets seem to kind of live out on their own. But the thing that sustained the prophets was their relationship with God. And that relationship with God drove them to speak to the people. Even when John the Baptist was out in the wilderness, people came to him. We see in Mark 5, 3-16, a loner. He is the man with a legion of demons. And that's why he's a loner. He cannot be controlled. He is uh, unstable. He is a danger to himself and anybody around him. And so only the demon-possessed person in Scripture is a true loner. That really gives assent to God's truth, that man cannot go it alone. And this is something we see th- throughout the Bible, that man can't go about alone. In Jeremiah ten twenty three. It is not within a man to direct his own steps. We need to rely upon God and trust in God's understanding in Proverbs chapter 3. So man cannot go out alone without God. And Throughout the Bible we see that man cannot go out alone without one another. That God works through his people to strengthen one another. To build up one another in Ephesians 4. To be that body of Romans 12 1 Corinthians 12. And to be able to withstand the, resist the temptation of the devil in 1 Peter chapter 5 and Ephesians 6. So we understand that that truth. And so the reality is we all have circles of people who influence us. And so who are these people who influence us in our lives? Who do we go to when we want guidance or we need advice or when we have a moment of crisis and we need to talk to somebody who do we call on the phone after all if these are the people whom we have a lot of trust in we put a lot of confidence in them because we're going to talk to them in some of our times of deepest distress and if we pick up the phone one day and they're calling us and they're in deep distress that we lament for them but we understand why they've called us These people, we believe, have our best interests at heart. We we don't expect that they're going to give us bad advice. And this is all talking about closeness. Who do we talk to about our struggles and our feelings? Who knows us the best? Who knows us as well or maybe even better than we know ourselves? Because those are the people who make up our church. Those are the people who, whether they should or shouldn't, whether rightly or wrongly, they're the ones who fulfill the role of the church in our lives. Our lives are enmeshed with theirs. We jointly participate in many endeavors. So, so who are these people? And of course, we're getting into that question, who should they be? So our church, again... Our, when we're talking about our church in this context, we're saying it's those people with whom we associate who know us and those to whom we open up to and talk to. Who know us uh, better than anybody else and perhaps even better than we know ourselves. For a lot of people, these are family members, blood relations. Um, the expectation is that family, you know, Well, if you're related, you have to love the people you're related to. And this was part of God's plan, in fact, that in Genesis 2.24, the man leaves his father and mother and clings to his wife, and the two become one flesh. In 1 Timothy 5, that the one who does not provide for his family is worse than an unbeliever. And throughout that passage, talking about widows, there's this constant emphasis that it really should be the family's job to take care of its own members, uh, included extended family. Um, so family is very important, but is it all important? Likewise, there's friends uh friends uh, also uh represent people's circle per par- par- people's churches so to speak and that's natural uh, because oftentimes you you pick people as friends who either are much like you or you're a complete opposite, but regardless, you complement one another. You are like one another. It's an optional quote unquote relationship because you don't have to be friends with that person like you have to be related to your family, and so there has to be some, something substantive behind it. And friendship is good. In fact, the proverbs speak of the benefits of friendship. In Proverbs seventeen, seventeen, eighteen, twenty-four, that there is a friend that that will sit closer than a brother. But our friends always the influences they should be. We can always also look at other people. Maybe people we work with. Maybe people we knew in school. Maybe we grew up with in a neighborhood. Maybe people that we share hobbies with, or have different hobby uh, or different relationships with, in terms of maybe extracurricular activities for children and things of that nature. There's all kinds of people like that. And so these are the type of people who tend to make up our church. But what is Jesus' goal for our church? Well, it's very clear throughout Scripture that in Matthew 6:33, that we are to seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and that uh, He will add all things that we need on after that. In Matthew 10:34 through 39, the idea that in fact anybody who loves father and mother more than Jesus is not worthy of Jesus. That in fact He's come to set family members against each other. As we already saw in Jeremiah ten twenty three, likewise First John two one through six, that we are to do the commandments of Jesus and to follow after Him. And so, all, what all these verses are talking about is that our church must be headed by Jesus, who is the head of His church, the church, and that family and friends and everybody else must come after Jesus because He is the only one who can truly guide us on to eternal life. And then we have the witness of Scripture. As Paul says in Romans chapter 12 and in verse 5, that we are to be members of Christ, but also individually members one of another. That the church should be our church. That our greatest circle of influence should be those who are within the church of God. Christ's church. If blood relatives and family are in the church, or friends are in the church, or workplace associates in the church, great, that's well and good. That the whole idea in Matthew 10, 34-39 is the prioritization of the spiritual family. In Re- in Romans chapter 12, the same message to prefer one another in honor is very important. And so, we've gotten to that ideal. the church, Our church should be the church, but is it? Is our church the church? Or is it full of other people? That some of our deepest association and relationships need to be in the church may not be obvious to some. Because they may think that family is important to God and part of his, the way he created things shouldn't just family be the ones we're closest to. Well, that can be difficult. And it's also very difficult when there's a lot of distance involved and people are busy and family time is scarce. And it's very easy to see people in all their busyness say that it's more important to spend time with their physical family and neglect the opportunity to be with their spiritual family. Um, but again, we go back to Matthew ten thirty-four through 39. What is the most important relationships that we have? Our first relationship is with Jesus, and also therefore with his people. And if we do not esteem those relationships, we're not worthy of him. In Christ, we should be working to have our earthly families more deeply connected to that spiritual family of the church. In Ephesians five twenty three through 6, 4, the whole impetus there is to show the love of Christ that they may follow Christ if they do not already follow Christ. And that is why we need to have our priorities in the proper place. Now, our friends may understand us better than our fellow Christians, but that can be a double-edged sword. They may provide the support and encouragement we need, but to what end? Uh, there are friends that will stick together and be loyal, but they also seek approval in what they do, even if it's wrong. And that's why Paul said in First Corinthians 18, that evil companions corrupt good morals. Uh, maybe our friends understand us better because we are more open to them than we are to the brethren, and is that the way it should be? Uh, and of course, if we devoted the same amount of time to our brethren as we do to our other friends, maybe we'd have more friends among the brethren. And we also need to understand the principle of Matthew 6, 19-24. Yeah, it's uh, there. Jesus is talking about the fact that you cannot love both God and Mammon, and and really attempting to kind of take two different ways of the world, different ways of living, and try to find a way to put them together. But he says that those those two particular ones are opposed to each other because they're held in tension against each other. That you will love the one or despise the other; you will honor the one or disregard the other, and. Oftentimes that's the way it is in friendships. We can put on appearances. We can try it. it look like we're, we're trying to keep it all together. But in the end, we're either going to be like more like the people in our church or going can be like the people in God's church. And God is not going to be deceived by that. And that's why it's important for us to make sure that our church is, if nothing else, full of people who are in the church. And the consequences for not doing that are very severe. Then in 1 Corinthians 12.25, that we are open to the members of the body of Christ and enjoy association with them. Or we are cut off from the body because our connections are stronger with worldly bodies than with the body of Christ. And we'll find ourselves set apart and separated from that body. And we know what will happen if we are separated from Christ by in the final day. In Revelation 21 and 22, we talk about the second death, the lake of fire, being cast outside the city of God, which is in fact His church, His people. Now, does this mean that we should have no association with those outside, or cannot have friendships with people in the world? Well, that's absolutely not the case. Um, but it's a matter of priority. As Paul said, we, we're not, we're, we're not called to leave the world in 1 Corinthians 5:10. We're, we're called to not be conformed to it. And so we need to be sensible. We need to maintain association with those people who, who do actually help encourage us, who actually do have our best interests at heart, who who are not just trying to drag us down or to drag us into the sins of the Gentiles, 1 Peter 4. Uh, but we need to give thought to m- making the people of God a priority in our life. Because even if we think we've got enough friends... There may be other people in the church who don't have that opportunity or luxury. And we need to be a friend to them and to help incorporate them into the body. And the more we work to incorporate other people to be more closely tied in the body of Christ, the closer we will find ourselves in the body of Christ as well. So this has been a strange question. What is your church? But I hope that you can understand the importance of that question. That our church are the people with whom we have the closest association, the people who we share life with. That's the church that we have. It may be family. It may be friends. It may be a mix of both. It may be workplace associates. It might be a very big group. It might be a very small group. But wherever we're at with that, we need to do what we can to make our church be full of members of the church. Are we willing to consider this? Are we willing to open up and make the church our church. And that's something that we need to work on, each one of us. Uh, but the only way that we're going to live up to God's purposes for His, the body of Christ is when we decide to make the church our church. So let us do what we can to work together to be the church that God wants us to be, uh, encouraging one another in our lives with strong relationships, there for one another, knowing each other better than perhaps we know ourselves, and, um, encouraging and strengthening one another in the most holy faith. We're glad that you've joined us, and we hope that you've been encouraged by this. If you need to talk more about something, maybe you're kind of confused about some of the things we've said. or Maybe I'd talk about more about becoming part of the Church of God in Christ, to become part of His people, to become a part of Christ's Church, and to be part of the saved. Or, perhaps, you'd like to prayer request. Maybe you'd like to talk about something. Any way we can be of service, please let me know. Please contact me through my website, deverbovitae.com. That's www.deverbovitae.com. Or perhaps you'd like to learn more about the Venice Church of Christ in Los Angeles, California. You can find out more about us online at VeniceChurchofChrist.org. We're also on social media on Facebook, Instagram, Google, Meetup, Twitter, YouTube, at Venice Church or Venice Church of Christ. We well, again thank you. Have a great day.